Welcome to Doing Good Business, the podcast where personal and professional development meet. I'm Laura Heacock, a leadership coach and talent acquisition consultant, and I'm joined every week by my co-host, Kelly Stewart of The Positive Business, training you to bring positive business practices into any company. Doing Good Business is the podcast that teaches you that doing good business is not only possible, it's profitable. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Doing Good Business podcast. We are so excited to have you here for our second episode on the theme of appreciation. And as Kelly and I said earlier in the month, we have an exciting guest for you today. Her name is Jackie Stavros, and she talks all about appreciation and actually is, in my mind, one of the leaders in making it a quantifiable, measurable business practice in the workplace. So Jackie, thank you so much for being here. And can you tell our listeners about all of the awesomeness you're doing in the world? Thank you. Yes, thank you, Kelly and Lara, for inviting me here today. Um, So appreciation is probably the heart and soul of who I am and what I do. And so what do I do? Um, I'm a professor at Lawrence Technological University, and I teach for their College of Business and IT in areas of, like, leadership, management, strategy, org development. And the common theme in all my courses is to teach appreciative inquiry which is an approach for discovering the best in people and teams, as you mentioned, in business to fuel productivity and engagement and innovation. And when I'm not in the classroom, I am typically working with organizations around the world to understand this art of asking questions and framing and bringing whole systems in together to move organizations forward. And when I'm not doing that, I try to go (laughs) exercise and walk the dog with my husband. I was going to wonder, this is Kelly, and I was wondering, when do you have free time, Jackie? Because for those of our listeners who don't know, you know, I I just consider you an absolute rock star in all this, which would make me one of your groupies. And so um, I know you're all over the world, and I think it's wonderful, but I didn't even know you had time left over to do anything else. (laughs) Not much, but... um when you have limited time, I have my priorities set, but I have very patient family. That's wonderful. And, and we've said this before, too. This is a very dog-friendly podcast. <laughs> we record on location at my house, and we have three, four dogs on any given day. <laughs> so um, don't worry if, if you are someplace where your dog is nearby and barks. It's A-OK on the Doing Good Business podcast. Pretty much a usual thing for us. Right. <laughs> Super pet-friendly here. We had a gentleman from Zoom video conferencing who is a home short employee, and his dog was around. So we love the dogs here, Jackie. <laughs> Nice, nice. And we love appreciation. I mean, our listeners know, you know, Kelly and I do, you know, audible eye rolls whenever anyone uses a term like postmortem or forensic analysis, any of these negative, negative business terms. So the fact that, you know, you're not only practicing, but teaching appreciative inquiry, I think is such an important tool. You know, can you start off just by telling, you know, what's the like high level summary of what is the tool? How is it used? What are businesses doing with this amazing appreciative inquiry tool? So um, I look at appreciative inquiry as a philosophy, a way of being. So if you're leading a team or managing people, um, it starts from a place of asking generative questions, which open up people's minds and get them to connect and get them motivated and engaged. And the second practice of appreciative inquiry is positive framing. So you can take any situation an organization it is and learn to um, flip the situation to the positive opposite and frame it and to really learn to have strategic conversations 
to get more of what you want to happen in your organizations and get more of your stakeholders engaged in conversations. Mm, awesome. And that's so important. We were talking about on this last episode of you want to be able to repeat the things that work. I think we called it lather, rinse, and repeat. And when people are literally that, when they have their op- an open mind and they can see um, the, the possibility, right, the opportunity in what they're doing and, and not focus on the obstacle, you're much better able as an organization then to call out those best practices and what we were calling it emotional intelligence data, right, the trust and cooperation and uh, shared vision, all of the things that go into being able to then to repeat something that's worked well in the past and apply it to maybe even a different opportunity. Yeah, and that's a really good point because um, I see a, con- a connection between appreciative inquiry and emotional intelligence. And if emotional intelligence is is you being more self-aware of yourself and self-aware of um, others and managing your emotions and helping to manage other emotions, that to me is the crust of emotional intelligence, appreciative inquiry, how you can um, make sure you're managing the well-being of your employees so it impacts the overall health of the organization. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think it's great. And um, I've touched base on it. I think, Lauren, I've discussed it very lightly in the other topics that we've had um, on doing good business. But I know there are about five basic principles or tenets of appreciative inquiry. Could you share those with our listeners who may not be familiar with it? Yes. So if you go back to the earliest days of appreciative inquiry, it actually started as a qualitative research technique. And David Cooper writer's seminal piece with Ron Fry, who was also part of David's dissertation, um, dissertation came up with the five AI principles. So look at principles in your life are ways of behaving and acting. So the first principle is social construction, and that it simply means that our words matter, and what we say and we construct together is what determines our next moment. And that's social construction. Words create meaning. The second principle is the simultaneity principle, and simultaneity means that the moment I ask you a question, or even if I make a statement and it's not a question, that I'm impacting your behavior. So if you think about it, um, if I make a statement, I used to be a lifeguard, and I say, don't run on the deck, the brain hairs run on the deck, and the kids run on the deck. But if I learn to make statements about what I really want the kids to do is to walk on the deck, that's what's key is the walking on the um, deck of a swimming pool because the brain is imagery. It's not, it doesn't understand the word not, like don't do this. So mm-hmm. that's the second principle. The third principle is my favorite. Well, they're all my favorite, but it's the poetic principle, which means there's multiple interpretations of the same poem and that you can look and use appreciative inquiry anytime, any place, any, any situation. The fourth principle is the anticipatory principle, and that's really important that you learn not to be so reactive to your environment, but that you anticipate um, what would happen, and if you anticipate what's going to happen, that you can move a system forward. And, and there used to be these, you probably, this is an old wise tale that says there are people who make things happen, and that's the anticipatory principle. Then there's people that watch things happen, and that's reactive. And then there's people that say, what happened? 
And you <laughs> want to be that anticipatory is anticipating and getting out there in the forefront. And then the fifth principle that if you thread it through all the five principles, it's a positive principle. And there's so much science behind positivity and positive psychology that the more positive the image, the more positive the action, the more positive the result. If I apply positivity to these principles, then it's um, much more upward moving, forward, positive anticipation, and it all impacts your well-being. So those are the five AI principles. I love that because this is one of the things that I, so Jackie, I work with individual leaders in an executive leadership coaching capacity. And this is, you know, one of those things where science and instinct for me, I think really come together. You know, the things that you were saying about words matter, you know, that's something that I've, I've worked with people on for a long time. You know, how you talk about yourself impacts, how you feel impacts, how you lead impacts, the choices that you make you know, looking at different principles, the poetic principle, you know, how do we look at what else could be true in a situation? And, you know, I'm just thinking about, you know, my own work and, and things that have shifted with people. But I'm wondering, do you have, you know, can you think of a specific leader that you watch transform because of learning this new, you know, appreciative way of thinking? You know, um, there's, there's, there's literally hundreds of thousands of leaders that I have seen transform when they learn about appreciative inquiry. If I was to name one leader, it's just because I have a story at the top of my head, and his name is Dan. And um, when I met Dan, he was an executive director of a practice um, that has um, 24 different offices between North America and Europe. He runs one of the offices, and his office was ranked in the middle. And, and, and Dan already had a um, real positive persona with him, um, and he was very appreciative in nature. But when he began to understand appreciative inquiry and the power of um, the way you frame things and the way you ask questions, it really began to change his 200-person practice. And his practice, which was ranked 12 out of the 24 offices, within a matter of three years, change doesn't happen overnight, became the number one office in wow. the global company. And it was because of how he how he treated his people. And um, if you wanted to read about D. Hawk and our conversations we're having book, he built Visa Corporation one conversation at a time. And that's a six trillion dollar organization. And I just looked up D. Hawk the other day. The, the guy's 90 years old. So appreciative inquiry is also good for your health versus your organization's health. I think that's amazing. I mean, just like to go from the middle of the pack to the leader of the pack in, I mean, three years I get is overnight, but in the life of a company, it's, you know, it's pretty quick. Like just, you know, really shifting the, I think it was like the thread of the organization and, you know, the heartbeat, which is the conversation. Jackie, this is Kelly. Is there any one like real aha moment then that sticks out for people, when, whether it's that singular individual who is committed to transforming his own or her own leadership style, or when you've used appreciative inquiry with larger groups, you know, can you kind of put your finger, because I've been through it, I've seen it, I, I've been through it with you, I've seen it with others, right? I know it's hard, I know there are certain things that bubble to the top for me, but what kind of aha moments do you see from people who are using appreciative inquiry? 
in comparison so to the way we've all been taught to behave. Yeah. I think I think what happens, so if you think of appreciative inquiry as a way of discovering the best in people and teams to feel productivity and meaningful engagement, the question you asked about the five principles sometimes goes really deep for people. And that's the people who really want to understand why does this work? What's the science? But my my aha moment was based on research and a conversation with my co-author, Sherry Torres. We wrote a book in 2005 called Dynamic Relationships, and we wrote all about the principles and how to use this in everyday living. And, you know, the book was um, 2005. It was about eight years old, and we thought, okay, we'll do the second book again. And then we started doing research, and we worked with our editor. And what we realized is the only way you have dynamic relationships anywhere in your life it's through and it's in and through your conversations. And so if you think about your conversations, this was this was the aha moment. The aha moment was conversations are how we interact with others and ourselves. We spend 95% of every waking hour in conversations. So we right. boiled it down. Um, we had six practices, but our editor said, no, you can only have, he actually preferred one, but we got away with two. <laughs> it's asking generative questions in framing or reframing the situation. If you could, the aha moment was the conversations. And if you could practice these practices, you begin to change your own well-being. And then everybody you impact with that, and then they begin to create very healthy organizations. Right, right. And you're right, because that's part of my aha moment is when I see other people work with it and I'm introducing this to them and I start asking these generative questions, invariably, one of the things people will say is, oh my goodness, I never thought about it like this. And I think because it's at that moment where they are both understanding the, the positive principle, but they are almost automatically flipping it in their mind. They're already starting to say, wait, I could be looking at this in a completely different way. I've been thinking about how hard it's going to be to get this initiative pushed through in my organization, when instead I can think about all the other things we've already done that were successful and use that as a springboard. And that's when you just see the magic, the, the magic in the science. <laughs> the science right. of the magic. However, you, you know call what? It, but it's there. Yeah, we have a we have a um we have a chapter in the conversations worth having book, and we call it. It's not magic; it's science. But guess what? There's a lot of magic magic behind that science. That's why it's 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 a chicken or the egg. It's magic and science, or science. Absolutely. Yeah. So thinking about conversations, you know, one of the biggest questions, and, and Jackie, I would imagine you've heard this one once or twice in your day, but one of the biggest challenges and questions I hear about are, you know, how do I have that difficult conversation? How do I, you know, give my employee the feedback that says they're not meeting expectations? Or how do I, you know, manage up and have that difficult conversation? How would you use appreciative inquiry, you know, if you're in a company and you're talking to a leader and it's like, oh, I don't know how to have this difficult conversation, how does appreciative inquiry come into play in those scenarios? So imagine if you can put yourself in the mindset and realize that the way you and I are going to have a conversation, I'm either going to open you up or shut mm -hmm. you down. And once mm -hmm. I shut you down, nothing's going to ever change. Um, yeah. And we're going to both feel really bad. So if you're talking about a difficult situation, you first have to realize if something is wrong, you have to address it. Um, 
that's the first step. You have to name the problem, name the situation. But then you begin to, um, I say, counsel leaders, how do they shift the way they address the problem by being able to name it to the positive opposite? What are you looking more of? And what do we really want to have a conversation? So we call it the flipping technique. And, you know, if the problem is low performance, your stats are down, your numbers are down, the positive opposite is pretty simple. We have great stats. But we don't want to have a conversation about the stats. We want to have a conversation that if we had high stats, great performance, what's this place like? And then we begin to ask questions there, and you begin to move in the direction and the image and the actions of what does a great high-performing team look like. That's awesome, right? And then you, that, that does, it shifts the conversation mm -hmm. to what those attributes are, which are invariably better feeling, right, than, right. than thinking about what's missing, yeah. you know, or, gee, you know, you're, you're not on time or, you know, whatever those things are. You know? I think it gets the juices flowing, you know. Yeah. It's like when you start to think, okay, so what's wrong? We have a low-performing team. What's the opposite of that? We would have a high-performing team. Okay, what are the characteristics of a high-performing team? And then you can start to figure out the steps that you take. So, you know, I love, you know, the first step is naming it. I think that's so true. Like, there's power in just naming what's happening. You know, let's all, let's not pretend that something's not going on here. Let's, let's name it. We're all in this room for a reason. And then once you name it, you can flip it. And then you start to give the power to that flip side. Well, and then you begin. So, so once you revealed the hidden assumptions, all voices are heard, then this makes room for, to generate information about what's possible. What are we good at? What are the opportunities? And the curiosity and the genuine interest deepens the understanding of the situation but plays a role in framing what do we really want to happen around here. And then you're building relationships. You're, you're pulling out the strengths. You're making connections. And you're coming up as a team with a productive solution. It's not Jackie's idea. It's Laura, right. Kelly, Jackie have an idea because of the conversation worth having that we had. Yeah, that's right which fuels their commitment to implementing, which is another kind of a bane of the business existence, right? You can have a great idea, but it's all in how you implement it and who implements it and for how long, right? <laughs> what happens, you know, how do they keep that endurance level up, especially if it's a long-term project? And I think that this goes a long way to help people stay committed. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think right. it's fine. If you get to be mm -hmm. part of the process of idea generation and solutioning and things like that, you automatically have more buy-in to implementing and taking action mm -hmm. because you are part of the process. It's not just, right. you know, top down, do this because I said so. It's right. actually, oh, look, this is part of what I was in that meeting about. Let me, you know, get excited about it and get on board with it because I was already a part of it and I feel engaged. Mm -hmm. And if you and if you think about, you asked about, you know, people have to, this is the season where people get performance reviews. Mm -hmm. and either the person giving the performance review is a bit nervous about how do I be really honest to the situation or the person mm -hmm. who has to go into the inner, the performance is, is nervous as well. But think about a performance review. If you started off with feedback and you told me what I'm doing right and then you begin to tell me, because then if you tell me what I'm doing right, you're opening up my mind. I'm connecting with you. Then you tell me in a critique, what I need to do more of, you thought about what I was doing wrong and you flipped it to what you need more of. And that mm -hmm. really begins that feed forward is what mm -hmm. you need more of. You begin to help me perform and move forward because I'm not guessing 
what I need to do better of. You're not telling me what I'm doing wrong, but you're telling me what I need to do more of because you know my strengths. You know what I did wrong, but you're helping me to move forward. And that's called Steve Forward. Which I love that. I think that's so much more productive um, in terms of, of trying to really gain and then maintain momentum with anyone. It, make, it makes so much more sense. You know, I will tell you, in in 25 years, I have never had to fire one person, but wow. I have had to let people go. And I said, look, this is what I need from you. And if you can't do this, you're going to have to go somewhere else. But if you mm-hmm. can do this, then this is going to work out. And usually wow. the person changes or the person decides to leave or I right. tell them they're not meeting this and they have to move and, and they and they leave and they're not angry with me. Right, right. Which is just so much better all the way around. Yeah, I mean, it is true. Like, not every job is fit for every person, but you can communicate that in a way that shows very clearly, hey, here's what we need from you in this role. Here's the things that you're doing great. We need more of that. And they can either give that level of performance or they can't, but it doesn't, it's not the constant beating over the head of you didn't do this, you didn't do that. Where is this? Where is that? You know, not everybody is meant to present at the board meeting and, you know, you either need a person who can do that or you need the person you have to be able to do that. But if they can't, then they know, you know what, this isn't my forte. I'm going to, you know, move out and find something that maybe lets me live in a spreadsheet all day because that's what I'm really good at and what I love to do. And and then it's fine. Yep. So I can't believe it. We're already running out of time on our conversations. (laughs) I want this conversation to go on forever. But so we're talking about this this concept of appreciation, whether it's in the singular conversation worth having, larger scale appreciative inquiry, we're talking about this in terms of reviews and giving feed forward. Mm-hmm. So Jackie, can you share with our audience what other types of initiatives are organizations using conversations worth having for or um, appreciative inquiry with? Well, Because of the poetic principle, I have seen appreciative inquiry, lots of um, what I like to say spinoffs, like the SOAR framework. Um, SOAR is Mm -hmm. based on appreciative inquiry, and it looks at how do you appreciatively think, plan, and lead, and you do it from strengths, opportunities, aspirations, and results. So you can use it for strategy and strategic planning. I've seen people do it for innovation. you can study study morale. You can study project management. You can study anything if you're looking to create something else that moves the organization forward. Um, I worked with an organization when Sheraton and Marriott's merged together. How do you get the two sales teams and the technology operating seamlessly together within the organization and from the customer who has to book the whole time? They used appreciative inquiry to come up with a strategy. Um, this mm-hmm. summer, I worked with the U.S. Army um, with the civilian side, with engineering and 18 different capability teams. And the topic was, how are we going to collaborate so that we develop the best systems and vehicles for our soldiers? So the poetic principle means you can take any organization, any type of organization, the government, for-profit, nonprofit, entrepreneurs, big companies, and decide what's next for us. And you right. can name that topic and study it and create it and make more of it happen. That's awesome. Did that kind of answer your question? 
It sure does. And I hope it's as inspiring to our listeners as it is for us, because this is what we're all about is doing good business is really, you know, it's the intersection of personal and professional development where you can be your best self and, and actually be successful at work being your best self. Mm -hmm. So I think that was a great example of the kind of unlimited, virtually unlimited possibility that we want people thinking about when they think about how they're going to do good business. Yeah. And I just love that this is, you know, a framework that you can put around, you know, how do you put this into action? Well, great. You use this framework and there is an actual process and components that people can learn. Um, and, and Jackie, you had said a moment ago, you know, looking at what's next for the organization, I'd love to, uh, to find out what's next for you and what is it if, there's anything you have exciting that you're looking forward to that you'd like to share with listeners or letting our listeners know where they can find out more about you and and your work and the SOAR and all of that good stuff? Well, I think um, the one big thing that I'm interested in is how do we change the world, our planet of conversations? Mm. And, And that's just how can we, you and I, the three of us are having a great conversation, but how can organizations be because we spend so much time going to work or going to school or, or even mm-hmm. our communities on Sundays, how do we make them a place of well-being so that they're healthy organizations and we're creating environments that work for all? And if there's two things at the end that I would encourage your listeners is if they go to the www conversations with an S worth having dot today, they can download a free conversation toolkit just to get started with their conversations. And the second thing is that if you go look at SOAR, which is a framework that came out of Appreciative Inquiry, which is um, www.soar-strategy.com, that these are my passions, is that how can I help organizations have conversations worth having that feel productive and meaningful engagement? And how do we bring groups together for conversations we start from their strengths, and then we get into innovations and aspirations and results. That's what I love doing. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And I, I am any place. <laughs> I feel like every client of mine is going to get a link to the free download of the conversation, uh, the conversation tips uh, download. So thank you for that, and uh, mm-hmm. thank and you. I, and I work with the SOAR strategy, right? Exactly, anyway, Jackie. So Kelly, yeah, Kelly knows all about it. Yeah, I oh, I absolutely love it, and and I have to say, I'll round out this episode of I am so thankful. This is my gratitude. <laughs> I am so thankful you are on our episode today, Jackie. I really do appreciate it. I appreciate the work you're doing. I think it's so valuable and uh, hopefully we've inspired others to to take some next steps in this area. Look at things through the lens of appreciation, but you know, right. not through the lens of what's wrong. Like, let's mm-hmm. start looking at what's right. How can you show appreciation? How can you use it as a business tool to expand? Yep. Yeah, awesome. and if I can and if I can say one more thing, and this this yeah. article is a year old, but it's a five minute read. Forbes.com did an article on polarized polarized nation, polarized communities. And if you go to um at Jackie Stavros on Twitter, I actually learned how to pin it there so that people can go to Forbes, but they really get it that how can we be more civil in our conversations today? Mm, yeah. Um Absolutely. doesn't matter who you are but how can we be more respectful and civil yes. with everybody? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, and I'm just sending people to Forbes because um, I, I can't 
have the article on my website, but I can send it to my Twitter and you can just read about um, the importance of flipping the conversations in our countries mm-hmm. and our communities and our hallways at work. Yeah. And what I love about that is that's a, it's a good beneficial contagion because mm-hmm. civility is contagious. And so let's spread a little of that. Yeah. And it, we will it, link to all yeah. of that in the show notes. We'll link to that Forbes article. Thank you so much for, for popping that in. I think that's highly, highly valuable. Yep. And you're, you're really smart. It's a positive contagion is what we want to spread out here. Yep. That's us. We're in it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being awesome. part of it. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Doing Good Business, designed to bring out the best in you and your company. We welcome your reviews and ratings and would love to hear from you. Send your comments, suggestions, and questions through our online form at doinggoodbusiness.com. Stay in touch with us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. The Doing Good Business podcast is brought to you by Laura Heacock of Laura Heacock Consulting for all of your coaching and talent acquisition needs and Kelly Stewart of The Positive Business, helping you incorporate the social business paradigm into your company. Learn more about us and our respective services at the Doing Good Business website. Thanks again for listening and remember to expect good things from everything you do.